0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's going on, everybody? It is Justin Morgenstein coming to you with the latest edition of Phillies Today. A lot to get into, so I will keep this intro short, but I am really excited to tell you that I will be doing Phillies today, every Friday through the rest of the season, as well as the postseason. So uh, I'll be doing some off-season stuff as well on both the Phillies and Major League Baseball as a whole. Uh, so really looking forward to that, but just really excited to be talking Phils. And hey, it's an exciting time to be a Phils fan. Exciting time for baseball in general uh, with the postseason and red October looming. Uh, the fall is always a fun time of year to be a baseball fan. So All fun stuff coming up, so let's just dive right into it. The Phils are coming in off a big series win in Atlanta, where they take two of three against the best team in baseball all year and a possible playoff preview. And I know the Braves clinched last week in Citizens Bank Park, of course, but the series had a playoff feel to it, especially that last game, felt very reminiscent to game one in Atlanta of the Division Series last year. Uh, The Phils take the lead early. Atlanta comes storming back, and then who else but Nick Castellanos uh, with some crucial plays down the stretch to secure the win for the Phils, and we'll get to more on Nick Castellanos in a minute. But also in that game, Aaron Nola able to contribute with a quality start, finally limiting some of the damage and getting out of those jams that have plagued him all season. And hey, having this version of Aaron Nola would be absolutely massive for the Phils. Heading into the final week and into October. and Hey, I'm not going to say I'm all the way back in on Aaron Nola. Because we have experienced that before. But this type of Aaron Nola could be what gets the Phillies to the next level. And if he can just continue to go out there and do his job. Uh, get deep into games. That will be absolutely massive for this team. But another thing that would be massive for this team is Nick Castellanos. Getting into the postseason hot as well. And he has been on fire the past week or so. And we'll start with uh Phil's Mets game one last night where it was Ranger Suarez versus David Peterson to start the game. The Phil's take the win five to four. Uh I was down at the ballpark last night. My buddy invited me last minute. It was a fun atmosphere, but only 30K. I'm thinking maybe cause that's a weeknight and it's uh back to school time, but I'm thinking there will be some Heavier crowds this weekend if the rain can hold off, but uh, we'll see. It was still a good win for the Phils against the team that uh, simply has nothing to play for—the most expensive non-playoff team in Major League Baseball history. Hey, the Mets already have their vacations planned, so winning a series against the Mets at home at this time of year, when you're trying to wrap up a playoff spot, is absolutely crucial. And you have to, you know, give these guys no hope and. They won game one. That's the exact start that you're looking for. And after last night's win, the Phil's magic number is now five to clinch a playoff spot and six to clinch the top seed in the wild card. And they can end up clinching a playoff spot as early as this weekend. So that is an exciting thing to look forward to as well. We're going to get back to Nick Castellanos here because he is just on an absolute tear right now, just absolutely hitting the cover off the baseball Uh, in the past week since that St. Louis series began. He's hitting .360 with nine hits, five homers, 13 RBIs, and an OPS above 1,300. So he is getting the job done ever since being moved down in the lineup by Rob Thompson, and that continued last night, and he was certainly the player of the game for the Phillies. uh, Went two for three with a homer and four RBIs. Had the two-run single in the first, uh, sack fly in the third to score Bryce Harper, and that absolute missile in the sixth inning that went off the facade of the second deck out in left field. That uh, always reminds me of Jason Wirth. I feel like he would go out there and get towards that second deck uh, time and time again. So Nick Castellanos, 454, 110 off the bat. I mean, just an absolute bomb. By Nick there and uh, even in the eighth inning his one out of the game was a nice hard line out in the middle of the field uh, which is an encouraging sign when Nick is you know using the middle of the field and is able to just hit the baseball hard and that's what he's doing right now and getting Nick Castellanos this version of Nick Castellanos in the postseason would just be absolutely massive for this Phillies offense you can't say it enough and he's it's funny he's had this trend uh, as the season has progressed, where in the even months, he has been performing much better than in the odd months, which, oddly enough, is just one of those weird th- It's almost like the JT Romuto home and road splits, where you kind of can't explain it, but it kind of just happens. But <laughs> anyway, he is having success in an odd month now. He has really turned it up towards the end of September. And hey, keeping him down in the order might be what Rob Thompson needs to do. And uh, I like Alec Boehm in the four spot. He had the additional RBI last night with his solo home run, which it's always good to see Alec Boehm lifting the baseball. It's just if he has the ability to lift the baseball and drive in runs and just produce with his power, it's uh, something that this Phillies team, it's really valuable to this offense. And, hey, there's a chance that he can get to 20 homers and 100 RBIs uh, by this season's end, and those would be some really cool milestones for him. And Milestones that we would have really in appreciated before the season, we would have taken for sure. So, love seeing him lift the ball, especially out of the four spot. If I'm Rob Thompson, I am keeping that lineup the same, uh, with Bryce hitting ahead of Alec Boehm. Uh, I really think that's working for the Fills right now. So, yeah, I think that's the way to go with the lineup until things you know slow down or things change. I like Castellanos down in the order producing, and I like Alec Bohm out of the four spot, especially with Bohm's bat-to-ball skills. I know he can ground into some double plays from time to time, but uh, I really like his bat-to-ball skills, just his ability to make contact with runners on. So that was good, and let's get to Ranger Suarez. It was an interesting outing uh, for Ranger last night. He goes six, uh, six and two-thirds, five hits, four earned, six Ks and two walks and picked up the win against the Mets. And he was able to work his way through some adversity in this game. But most importantly, he was able to provide you with some crucial innings. And the day before the Phillies go into an extra innings game in Atlanta, uh, use a bunch of their pitchers. So you were really hoping to get some length out of Ranger, which is down the stretch, especially when you're trying to make a postseason push and have guys as rested as they possibly can. That's absolutely what you just need from your starter, and he was able to do that. Uh, he may have been better, I think, than the numbers indicated last night. And I got to say, that one Vientos homer, that was that pitch was not in a bad spot. It was a curveball down, and Vientos just went down and got it and absolutely golfed it out to left field. So I thought there was some tough batted ball luck for, for Ranger as well. And then there was that that weird Nimmo play. I'm drawing a blank on what inning it was. But, dude, he, like, slides into and Stott, And that was just... I uh, Mets fans like to complain about Chase Utley. But that was it was a weird... I don't want to say dirty play. But just what are you sliding into in the middle of the base path? I don't know. But, you know, that nerd Nimmo. He's he's always doing something. So, it's uh it was okay. He, uh, Ranger ended up letting up a run because of that in that inning. Couldn't get the double play. Uh, but you still... You certainly can feel comfortable, I think, with Ranger as your game three starter in the postseason behind Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola for now. Uh, Not his best, but he was able to battle last night. And I think that's what we've kind of gotten accustomed to with Ranger. Even when his stuff isn't at its peak, he's able to battle and get through innings and get out of jams, which, hey, out of a number three starter is very, very important. So, Decent stuff from Ranger. Wasn't his best, but I am still confident in him to be this team's number three starter heading into the playoffs. So yeah, moving on to the bullpen. The bullpen held the one-run lead when Ranger got out of the game. It was five to four, and that stayed the same through the rest of the game. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Hoffman, man, does his job again. Uh, gets out of a jam to get Pete Alonzo, which was a crucial out. There were some men on. Uh, where the game could have potentially been tied or the Mets could have taken the lead. But Hoffman does the job. And, hey, it's becoming more and more clear that Jeff Hoffman is the high-leverage right-hander out of this bullpen, aside from Craig Kimbrell, of course. Uh, The lack of trust in Sir Anthony is really starting to peek its head at this point. It was evident the other day when he wasn't used in Atlanta and they used Strom against multiple righties in the 10th inning. I feel like that's always a Sir Anthony spot, but he was not in the game then, and he was not in the game tonight. And, hey, it paid off for Rob Thompson. Hoffman was able to get the job done, but it was a little shaky there for Craig Kimbrell in the 8th inning. He doesn't come on for the close. Rob Thompson brings him in in the 8th inning. And, look, the pitch clock problems and the keeping runners-on problems for Craig Kimbrell it's going to be a thing heading into the postseason. Let's just face the facts here. Craig Kimbrell leads all of baseball in pitch clock violations as a reliever. who pit- He pitches only one inning per outing. So this is, this is kind of crazy stuff here. But I think he recognizes and he said after the game that he would rather take the pitch clock violation rather than you know, throw a pitch he doesn't want to throw and give up a hit or a home run, which... I guess I can understand, but at the same time, he's been in the big leagues for how long now and he has how many saves? And, you know, this is still a problem with keeping runners on uh, and the pitch clock violations as well. So, you know, he was able to work out of it, get a crucial ground ball uh, at the end there, which got him out of the inning. And, uh, I know it was a strikeout to, I believe it was Brett Beatty. So that was a positive sign as well. But, I'm not sure they can do anything in those situations. Like J.T. doesn't have a chance to throw any of these guys out because they're getting to such great jumps. They're literally moving on Kimbrel's first movement, which just makes it absolutely impossible. And you know, takes away a double play when you need it. And it's just it's definitely something in the postseason that I feel like could rear its ugly head at some point and could be a problem for the Phils. So we'll see what happens on that end. But Jose Alvarado comes in for the ninth. Uh, I thought he looked really good. Uh, he's looked really good for like a week, I would say, now. Ever since he had a couple shaky outings after his uh, return from the injured list, I would say, uh, a little less than a month ago. But the sinker-cutter combo looks really good right now. Uh, Cutter had unreal life to it. It was uh, 95, and you, know, you saw Pete Alonso swing at that last one, and that was just nasty, man. Uh, just really good stuff from Alvarado, and hey, maybe Rob Thompson trusts Alvarado in these situations more now and he becomes the closer in the postseason. Although I do think it will be on a matchup-type basis between him and Craig Kimbrell. I think that Alvarado's stuff is starting to really you know, come back to its peak self. And he looked really good last night, and I know he gave up the double to Nimmo, but yeah, that was a good pitch, I thought, well-located. Nimmo just got his hands in there and was able to drive a ball inside into the right field gap so won't put that on Alvarado but he was able to get out of it and got a crucial strike out of Alonzo at the end uh, so he and Craig Kimbrell will be the late high leverage guys with Hoffman being your you know sixth and seventh inning high leverage guy I think potentially but hey Jeff Hoffman has proved himself that he can come can come in in any situation and be effective so, I will never have a problem with Jeff Hoffman coming in in a big situation for this team. So that was game one. Phillies win 5-4. Uh, let's take a look at the rest of this series. And it should be a fun weekend down at Citizens Bank Park if the rain holds out. I know the weekend is not looking great in terms of weather, but you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, Friday night, tonight, we have Taiwan Walker versus Tyler McGill on Scott Rowland night at the ballpark, by the way. Scott Rowland was... A guy who was a little before my time. Uh, I'm 23 years old. So I would say my childhood growing up was, of course, the Utley, Howard, Rollins team. And so Scott Rollins a little before my time. So my opinions on Scott Rowland uh, are not too strong, but I'm sure everyone has their own opinion on Scott Rowland. But he will be back at the bank tonight getting honored for his Wall of Fame ceremony. So we will see uh, how he is received by the Philadelphia fans. So Anyway, back to Taiwan Walker versus Tyler McGill. And for Taiwan Walker, I don't think he has the ability to work himself back into the rotation for the postseason. To me, the postseason rotation should go Zach Wheeler game one, Aaron Nola game two, Ranger Suarez in a game three, and a potential game four. I am throwing Christopher Sanchez out there in a spot where you let the bullpen try to piggyback off him. I know Michael Lorenzen just came off of a really bad outing and it's tough to trust him as well as Taiwan, but the fact that Taiwan cannot come out of the bullpen uh, makes it tough. But hey, he's got to have the mentality tonight and going forward in this last week of the season that he is working himself back into the playoff picture, the playoff rotation. Uh, so and it's against his former team. So they know him well, but he has to have the mentality of he needs to turn it on now. And he is he's going to be a Philly for three more years. So turning it on now would definitely be ideal and you know would erase the you know, poor second half that he has had uh, for the Phillies. But it feels like it's just too much bat-to-ball stuff from him. He's not missing a lot of bats, uh, not a lot of swing and misses, getting off to those poor starts and just not limiting the damage when guys are getting on. And that's kind of been his issue over the last month, month and a half or so since the all-star game, when he was getting all-star consideration for the first half he had this year. Uh, So looking for Taiwan to get back right if he can. Um, And yeah, so that's where I'm kind of at with Walker. So we'll move on to Saturday where again, the rain, we'll see how that holds up, but it will be Zach Wheeler versus Jose Quintana. Uh, Katana's has actually been really solid in his last, I would say four starts. Uh, he's got a two and record with a one, eight, two ERA. Uh, only one long ball given up though. Oh yeah. Only one long ball given up. So we will see, uh, if the Phillies can continue, uh, their power surge against him. But Zach Wheeler has had a really underratedly great season for the Phillies. I know he's not going to be in the top three for the Cy young consideration, likely being uh, Blake Snell, Justin Steele, who I know didn't have his best outing the other day, and uh, Spencer Strider, who leads the league in strikeouts, although I think that can be debated as well. But yeah, he leads the entire sport in F4 with a 5.4, and he has just continuously had quality start after quality start for the Phillies when they've needed it most. So Expect that again from Wheeler. He's done good against his old team in the past. Uh, so that will be the matchup on Saturday. And then to wrap up the series on Sunday, it will be Christopher Sanchez versus Jose Butto. And uh, Butto has also been sneaky good as of late and has given them some length over these last few starts as well. But uh, hey, you got to hit these guys. You got to. The Mets are out of the playoff picture and they are ready to be done with their season. So, you got to take advantage. You have to come out firing on all cylinders and be able to put bat on ball and make things happen on the offensive side. So, yeah, we will see how the rest of the series goes. Uh, it would be definitely ideal to take three or four. But, again, they face the Mets again next week with uh, Pittsburgh in between. So, with the playoff picture looking how it is right now, all you pretty much have to do is... T- just tread water and not collapse at this point, and they should be good to enter the postseason as the number one wild card and be the home team in the first wild card series. So let's take a look at the standings. The Phil's are currently sitting at 84 and 69, uh, five games up on the last wild card teams, which are the Cubs and Marlins, who are tied. And they are three games up on Arizona, who is the second wildcard team as of right now. And hey, the Phillies have put themselves in a really good spot here at the end. And the last couple wins have been really important because you just take pressure off yourself into the last week of the season. And if they can end up clinching this weekend, which is a legitimate possibility, uh, you can end up lining up your rotation exactly how you want it heading into the wild card series, which is just... It's what you need because that just sets up the entire series and the series following, which is what they were able to do last year as well. And obviously, they clinched in the last series against Houston last year, but they were still able to set up their rotation in an ideal way where they were able to you know, throw the guys they wanted to in the order uh, that they wanted to. So we will see what happens there. And hey, the National League playoff picture is... Becoming a little wild here. So the Cubs, who seemed almost like a lock to be the number two wild card at one point, we were worried that if at least we're going to end up having to go to Wrigley, now the Cubs might not make the playoffs. They're tied with the Miami Marlins as of right now. And Cincinnati is a half a game back of those Marlins and Cubs. So that is going to be a tight race down the stretch. And if we're talking teams who you want to play in the wild card series, You have the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Marlins, and the Reds. Here's the order in which I would want the Phillies, or who I would want the Phillies to play in this particular order. I know the Reds have been a good story this year. They have a lot of young players and could potentially be a really good team in the future. Uh, But I would definitely take my chances with the Cincinnati Reds coming into Citizens Bank Park, a really young team, they have a couple really good young pitchers, and Hunter Green and Andrew Abbott, who have performed well this year. But uh, compared to some of the other rotations in this uh, wild card race, I would take my chances with Cincinnati and that offense as well. And it's funny, I had been saying for a while that the Cubs would be the team that I would not want to face, but they they don't look very good right now, man. And their their lineup is just it's very hit or miss. It seems like I guess you could say that about the Phillies sometimes too. But uh, their rotation has cooled off a little bit. Justin Steele has had a phenomenal year, but uh, just had a rough last start. And I would trust the Phillies against Marcus Stroman. I know uh, Jordan Wicks is another guy that has looked good for them. Uh, So I would be okay playing the Cubs. But out of all these teams, I would say the Arizona Diamondbacks would be the ones that I would be a little concerned about just because they have the one-two punch of Zach Gallon, who the local kid has been really good for the Diamondbacks over the past couple of years. And Merrill Kelly, who pitched for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic, has pitched in some big moments and is a solid number two starter for them. And it's just the type of guy who he doesn't blow you away with any high-velocity type stuff or anything crazy, but uh, just makes good pitches and is uh, able to eat innings and give his team length, which is important. And the Arizona Diamondbacks lineup is a very formidable, solid lineup. And that's led by Corbin Carroll, who you can't believe he's a rookie still. He has been putting up some absolutely insane numbers this year. So Corbin Carroll has definitely got to worry about. They also have Christian Walker, Cattell Marte, and guys of that, Tommy Pham, who has crushed lefties this year, uh, guys of that ilk who, are able to put together some nice at-bats in a playoff series. That would be a little concerning for me. So that is the National League standings. And, hey, the wild card in the or the American League playoff standings, that's it's going to be interesting, too, because you have kind of three teams fighting for the last you know, couple of spots there with Texas Rangers falling off towards the end. And you have the Toronto Blue Jays in there, the Seattle Mariners, Uh, You have Houston leading that AL West right now, which looks like it could go any of three ways between Texas, Seattle, and Houston. So that is something to monitor too over in the American League. Uh, And of course, hey, the my I forgot to mention the Miami Marlins, and they're a team where I think I'd feel comfortable with the Phillies playing them, but at the same time, they are the Marlins, and the Phillies do tend to struggle against them. So. I would always have that in the back of my mind as well. So that is the playoff picture in both leagues. And uh, that is going to wrap it up for my first edition of Phillies today. So I really appreciate those of you who listened. And yeah, let's gear up for a fun week of baseball and a fun month or so, or hopefully more than a month of Phillies baseball. So that'll be good. And thanks again. I will talk to you next week. This was Justin Morgenstein with Phillies today.